Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm. That's it. I can hear it on every track. I want to be Three, two, one. What would be go? You clap. So three, two, one. Then clap. Three, two, one. Awesome. Excellent. It's so hard for everybody else, but I think it's because we're in person, right? Yes, we can see yeah. each other, and we can <laughs> mimic, mimic physically. Oh, I know we're recording, but do we want to talk about the structure of the app at all? I mean, we kind of did, but like yeah, intros, let's, let's, I'm well, not going to have mean, a quote, obviously. No? We should have a quote for all six movies. Like, oh my fucking movies. I do not remember a single <laughs> quote from a single movie. We would movie. go around in a circle, and then it would be time to start talking <laughs> about the next episode. Just I, I, I had one this morning, but I've forgotten what I was going to say. Leave a little room for the Holy Spirit. I was literally about to say, I'm going to leave a little room for the Holy Ghost. Sure. That's not going to be mine, though. That's yours. Sounds like it's yours. No, that's all right. I'm not going to do one. We don't have to do one. I mean, we can do it. I just... Look, I, I don't think of a quote when we have one movie. Yeah. <laughs> I wing it, yeah. you know, minute of. Either side kind, though. You end up picking one at the last minute without telling anybody. It's true. Okay, so intros, brief description... Do we talk brief about the horathon in general? The... Do we do we talk brief description of like how we're going to do it? Do we we'll, talk about horathon in general? Very generally, we can. We just say like it, it lasted this long. We like it was pretty packed. You know, they Special said this much about it. Did we ever get the final count? Do. Yeah, the final count of deaths. Damn it! No, I don't think I don't think we got any stuff around it. That sounds like the perfect. No, there yeah. was just that whiteboard behind the pizza yeah. counter. I mean, he kind of reads the room. The the weird thing about and maybe we can save this for the pod, but like. It does. It is super downbeat. The end of those things because yeah. everybody is so tired, and it's seven fifteen in the morning. And everybody, hey everybody, I got the death. Yeah. It's like yeah. I'm walking out. Yeah. Right Everybody's now. just sort of shuffling. Right. Out, like, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I want Exhumed. to die actively right now, and we'll go home and right and perish. Yes, basically waste away slowly on top of a bed. I always, I, I always talk such a big game about it. I'm always like, wow, I'm you know 29 years old, and it's I still got it. It's still no problem. <laughs> And then I, I went home and I slept from like literally seven thirty to two. In the, in the oh, you did. Oh yeah. I slept like two and a half hours. I, and I then I woke up and I was like, I went back to sleep. No, yeah. full sleep gang. Yeah, all the way. I mean, um, it's like I just woke up. Yeah, and every like, I think it was like ten thirty or eleven, and I was like, well, I don't have to fucking do anything. <laughs> and I just went back to bed. Okay, uh, then I think we're ready to say. I just turned down Seth's game, by the way, because I think it was picking you up was before. It? Oh, is it, it not anymore? High before it was cranked. Sorry, sorry. No, it was my bad. Um, I'm sure you're like it's fine. It's fine if we hear okay. like our like we're going to. It's not yeah, a closed environment, so okay. Cool. Uh, thank you very much for listening to a uh, a real episode of Try Love, I guess. Um, this actually ri- literally roundtable podcast about movies we saw or people we met at the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find us on Twitter at Trilove Podcast. You can find the Trilon Cinema at Trilon Cinema and at Trilon.org. Uh, get tickets there and all that cool stuff. Um, my name is Jason Daphnis, and you can find me on Twitter at Nintendoofus. Am I next? Cody would go uh, yeah. next, then you. JJ. Cody would usually go. Can you hear the table? Very much. I just uh, showed the literal round table. I think this is the first in-person pod we've done since the pandemic. Four. <laughs>
I'm gonna do mine too. Messy opportunity. This is a mess already. Yeah, this is a big old messy. Here, I'm looking at him. It's disturbing. Jason oh come on. Testing his uh, sound effects. Listen, there's a reason. I'm Harry Mackin. You can find me on Twitter at Stocky Harry. Uh, my name's Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at RB Please. Do I need to give a special guest introduction to you, or you just want to go? He just take his part of the. Yeah, just. <laughs> He would you, like one. You tell me. Either I'm a special guest or I'm officially like supporting cast. He's like he's like more than he's a little Do more make, than and less than kind. Yeah. He's like less than special guest. My special guest, more, more than, than special, special guest. guest. My, I'm we, a special guest, that? or we're taking this out of the street, motherfucker. You better call me a special guest. <laughs> uh, returning uh, from many episodes of Trilove, uh, special Ooh. guest Seth Zarati joins Trilove for another episode. Welcome, hey, Seth. Hey, thank you for having me again. Uh, you can find me online at SN Zarati. Is that everywhere that you're there? Or? Yeah. Do you have one unified? Oh, I'm fucking jealous. Lock that shit down. <sighs> yeah, that's that's brand representation. That's how you know he's a professional. That's a, actually a good point because I do say you can find me on Twitter, RB, please. But if you'd like to find me on Xbox Live, uh, that is Goku Super Saiyan yeah. uh, 69. <laughs> no, it is not. Do find me, Goku. I, that's it's, what it is. You're stealing Goku 69 Super Saiyan. I was in high right school. Now. I've never even seen the show. What? No. Wow. I mean, I hadn't until a couple of years ago. But today, a uh, very special in-person episode for the first time in a long time when we're actually recording this in person. Um, we're covering Trilon's Horathon 5, Son of Horathon. That happened what? a certain number of episodes. What did, did I say? Did you say that? Did Son of Horathon? Son of Hor- No, I'm, I'm just an idiot. I'm sorry. Son Horathon, Horathon 5, Son of Horathon. I thought that was quite good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why we had to have this this heckler, the peanut gallery in the background. Wait, Jesus. How, how are you supposed to say it? I... Well, it was just the the, uniform, the uniformity of enunciation. You were like Horathon Five, Son of Horathon. I thought like with the okay, colon, G- give, me, give me the right cadence of Horathon Five, Son of Horathon. Does everything need to be a Rod Serling <laughs> monologue? Uh, this was the twelve-ish hour um, marathon of horror films that played at the Trilon on the twenty-second. Was it twenty-second into the twenty-third? Yeah, today's the twenty-fourth. And uh, we're still recuperating, or at least I'm still recuperating a little bit, um, but we, they played six films. Aaron, do you have the list? I do. They played, uh, in order, Psycho 2, Phantasm 2, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Day of the Dead, Critters 2, and Night of the Demons 2, as you can tell from the list of names I just read. This was a, uh, a horror film sequel-themed uh, event. I think that's the, the son. Son of Horror right. Yeah. Uh, hence that. Um, so a lot of sequels uh, that I frankly didn't know existed. I did not know there were psycho sequels. I guess maybe I should have. Oh, I knew that um, much, but yeah. But uh, yeah, those were those were the films that we all saw. I guess for the most part, maybe some napping uh, in in between. A little bit of napping. Critters two was a Critters two was a great nap. <laughs> yeah. It was a sleeper, uh, but yeah. not a hit. More like a sleeper shit. Uh, so what we're going to do is in this uh, very special presentation is to limit the amount of time that we have to stumble over ourselves in discussing these movies, and to honestly give. Uh, real like a lot more space than some of these movies really need we're going to take eight minutes per episode uh why did you pick eight minutes by the way it's eight times six yeah eight times six time oh 40 40 minutes minutes. yeah an hour-long podcast that's 48 minutes i know but then we have the intro and the we're already at seven minutes so we could have done 10 minutes for six we could have done 10 minutes too much i can't talk about you yeah you talk about you talk about night of the demons two for 10 minutes sir I, I can probably do that. Yeah, I, I don't do don't say that to Harry specifically. <laughs> uh, this uh, to to limit ourselves and to focus our conversation. Eight minutes per episode per movie, um, and then we'll recap with our rankings. Yes, one through six. Aaron, just to remind you, 
we're actually yes. ranking these in order of what we enjoyed versus what we didn't. Uh, so we'll kick off with the first of what should we describe the event more, more the yeah, vibe let's do and that stuff. A bit. Just, okay. We, maybe we should at, at the top say thank you to um, John Rett, as always, and the Cult Film Collective. They always put these on. I believe this is the fifth of the horrorathons. Um, they did two this year because um, obviously last year's was canceled due to COVID. So they put on the first horrorathon. Um, I think what two months ago in August. I yeah, think. that was, and you were the only one of us I that was, went. Yeah, I was there. I was at that one. It was great. Um, and then Son of Horathon was sort of a, a makeup slash the actual twenty twenty one one. Um, they're great if you if you feel like staying up all night. They they do pizza. Um, if you stay the whole time, you get a button and a poster, and the posters are really really rad. Pretty sick, yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I mean, there. Oh, there's a guy that's always there. I can't remember his name because I suck. Um, he does the death count after every movie. Oh yeah, which is always a blast. So um, yeah, I guess that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. It was it was my first uh, overnight at the Trilon. Um, I had joined for the, I believe the ten year anniversary a few movies in that series, but had never made it all the way through the night. And uh, there's just like a weird excitement between movies because they don't announce what movies are going to be out, but they're actually like they've planned them to the point where they're on the poster, like they're all referenced on yeah. the poster, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, but there's this fun excitement and surprise between movies of like what are they going to play next and that was almost cut short I, I like noticed they started playing trailers from the series that they would end up playing a sequel from in between movies so there was like a Night of the Demons trailer before they played yeah. Night of the Demons 2 there's a Critters trailer before they played Critters 2 but they like they threw in a bunch of MacGuffins not MacGuffins um, uh, Red Herrings for like right. oh a bunch of like they played some Hellraiser trailers right. and shit and uh, just a bunch of like miscellany as well yeah That's something that John does. He does a really fantastic job of like not just programming the movies, but also like making a whole show. It's like he said at the top. He like he always has something playing even between movies. Which when you consider that this was like a thirteen hour thing, it must have been so much work. Yeah, together. yeah. There was like all of that intro um, ephemera. At the yeah, time. yeah. There was like a there was like a Disney focused. Uh, yeah. like, like was that Disney? Yeah, that was, was Disney. Like, oh, yes. I, I don't know that it had a title, but it was just like an omnipotent narrator talking over like cut footage from a bunch of Disney Halloween specials. It was so cheaply done. It sucked so bad. It was Oh, I enjoyed it. It, it had an old school Disney yes. that they kind of tried to make like It was like a TV PSA like yeah. don't eat needles in your candy like that kind of thing. <laughs> um, was, oh, the, the Halloween safety video Halloween was very video, good. Which which uh, it's an 11-minute special from 1977 and I was stunned absolutely one it's on Letterbox. So stunned to find out that it is directed by Mr. Herc Harvey, who directed uh, Carnival of Souls, the incredibly <laughs> well-regarded uh, 1962 horror film that has a Criterion release and everything. And he also, it's like his second most well-known thing on Letterboxd is this Halloween safety video that's 11 <laughs> minutes long about like cutting bigger holes yeah, in your we, mask. Yeah, we should talk maybe, because I, I do think that a lot of people might be listening to this and wondering how they can stay safe on Halloween. Sure. So it turns out what you need to do is you need to not wear a cool costume. Uh, so <laughs> if you were thinking, of, yeah, if you were thinking maybe you have a, a kid, for example, maybe a daughter, she's planning on dressing up as a witch. What if her witch costume was white, for example? You know, and what if she was like a good witch? Yeah, like a, like a, like a, not a wicked witch of the, get they whatever they the good one is. Yes. It's just a white dress. She, she was yeah. a junior clansman. She was very clanny by the end. Very, the end. Very, very awkward. She yeah. was covered in red ephemera. Yeah. At, at the very top of the movie, they, they even say that it was made in, in consultation with the police. So, like, <laughs> 
it does make sense. a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. It lines up. Also, if you're if you're worried about getting hit by cars, you can put a, a shiny electrical tape. Yes, all over your costume is apparently your a good thing to do. And your mask and everything. God, it made you look such like such a wiener. And like take it, it's the it's a really great example of the sort of thing that like would completely backfire as a kid. Kind of like Dare, where it was just like, or like Driver's Ed, where it's just. You know that, like, frightening children out of their fucking minds is not an effective way to teach them things, yeah. right? It's like it's like that whole thing of, of make sure you bring your candy home safe and, and have your parents examine it. It's like, well, that will never – it will never happen to me that I'll eat a razor blade. But now I permanently distrust human beings for the rest of my life <laughs> for absolutely no reason. It's like, who's putting razor blades in candy? That probably happened once in, like – I, I think that is literally a thing that the, the police, like – we're getting, we're getting real a cap here, but it is literally a thing that the police like mention every year because it like gets yeah. them a lot of good publicity about yeah. like calling the cops if you see Looks a razor like blade hidden in a Snickers. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, anyway, most, yeah, one of the most egregious parts of that, just to cap it off, was um, the kid in the original like example of how not to put together your Halloween costume. She was like tripping in the street yeah. and she couldn't see around her. She had no situational awareness, and and she had this prop broom, like this plastic prop yeah. broom. And then they're like, it's better to use a cardboard version. And there's this kid like sadly painting oh, so tines on, on a piece there, of cardboard and then they're like or just better yet don't bring one at all yeah. what the fuck are you talking about there's a really good moment where they like saw off the broom and then, like, <laughs> they, they like have it in a vice and it looks like they're doing a shotgun it, that was kind of cool but the rest of them very lame. Was... The, the trick is really just to not have any fun as a kid yeah. doing, yeah. doing literally anything in your life they played that um, they played in between movies they played a Dustin Hoffman what was the PSA even for it was so fucking it was like bizarre. emphysema it was or charity something charity organization it, well, it, it yeah. was for um, it was for not lung cancer, but it was some lung disease like of right? some kind. Lung respiratory yeah, it, it, like the whole the whole through line was people hooked up to respirators and like breathing right. machines, like iron lung style. Uh, but that was cut together in a really weird, just like lots of weird ephemera that, you'll never find anywhere that was, else. That Dustin Hoffman PSA was the most disturbed that I was all night because it it felt like that something that somebody had done intentionally because the editing of his voice was so clearly chopped together from like <laughs> 600 different recordings that it sounded like this. And there were whole like sentences that would be missing like this like time worthy cause deserves your and this is the next you know sentence we're going to start. It just like never had any continuity right. like nothing ended before the next thing began. It reminded me of like the sort of thing that that like a um, a horror um, album would do where it's like they cut up uh, innocuous audio to make it something sinister right where it's like you will die. Like, doing that in reverse ironically made it more sinister to me. It was like, what was Dustin Hoffman really talking about? And I gotta wonder if that was like how it came on the reel or if that's like what happened to it over time, but it's clearly like old. It's like graduate era Dustin Hoffman like just (laughs) rattling this off. Anyway, uh, just as an example of the non like film programming that went on in between um, which was like weirdly a highlight of the night for me because it was like we know that you're consciousness is going to start bottoming out between films or maybe during films we need something in front of you i just love that like i love being like drop kicked into this weird sort of contextless like mire of old film ephemera Mm -hmm. like it's like that one he played like an educational video called what was it called? old mother witch old mother witch it was amazing and like the the audio quality was so fucking bad and it was like it was a it was a PSA about being kind to old women, basically. Where there was where there was a a, a neighborhood uh, like an old crone, uh, a husband like oh, Jesus, a, a widower. Man. She was she was she <laughs> was a, a widow. Nice, uh, 
uh, she was a widow, but like she, she's she's painted to this be an windbag from down the street. I'm trying to put you in. in frankly, my shoes. deserves death. She's old age. Anyway, for Jason, the same. yeah, you're, you're stifling the conversation. Again. It's the it classic. More fun. The kids are playing. Their kids are playing football, and they accidentally toss it, and the old lady is are you okay? Before she has a heart. She attack does on the suck, stairs. though, right? Like she she does suck, right? Yeah, like her, I get her, it's empathy you need to have for her. But was her husband General Patton, or did he? No, he, he was, was an advisor. He advisor. Oh. No, the, the husband was not General Patton. <laughs> that a great her choice. her her now passed away husband was an advisor to General Patton. Was the which is what they tell the like nine year old to get him to think. Nine year old's like, wow, General. Patton, my favorite U.S. military general in history. That unfortunately, I'm more of a Marshall guy myself. <laughs> Despite being 28 minutes long, not on Letterboxd. Weirdly, yeah, I would have reviewed it. Yeah, I would have reviewed sure. it. Uh, there are a lot of story beats that I remarked to Harry during that. That like, this is cheesy. This is like really, really on the nose. But if this were like the script and direction and acting of a Studio Ghibli film, I would I would call it a masterpiece. Really There's Oh, that was a text message. I apologize. That's probably going to happen more than once. Uh, but that is a good uh, indication of what we should be doing next, which is discussing the actual films that we saw. Did you have individual quick summaries for these, Aaron, or did you just want to start Absolutely off? Absolutely not. Because I'm, I'm going to, uh, as soon as I say the title of the film, I'm going to hit the A-minute timer. Who wants to start first? Who wants to start oh, talking? Uh, just fucking go. Grab bag, okay. dude. Just fucking uh, here, here we go. First film was Psycho 2. Hey, do you know they made a second fucking... Apparently they made four, I they think, made a Psycho lot of movies? And, and Anthony Perkins directed the third one. Yep. Really? Himself. Who directed okay. the fourth one? Who, uh, who directed this one? I didn't look up any stats for these movies. We're... In, we're this is a... Lie. We're rough and tough. Uh, Here's the thing. So Psycho 2 is Richard, a wild fucking Richard movie, right? Richard Franklin directed this. Okay. Psycho 2 has the, the basic conceit that is it is so absurd at its core that it, that is, okay, what if Bates... Gets out of jail. Not only gets out of jail, but but I guess is deemed no longer a clinically insane. He's or... rehabilitated, basically. Yes. Yeah. Well, he was never in jail. That's important. He was in a psychiatric yes. facility because yeah. he was found not guilty of murder. Be- reasons by of reasons of insanity, yes. And then, uh, so he, like, goes home and I guess decides to live in the same house. He yes. chooses to. He yeah, chooses to. overcome to. it because he feels empowered. And so the, the movie is essentially about the the audience feeling feeling bad for Norman Bates. Uh, because he's a nice guy trying to make a change based on his path. Here's the thing. That is absolutely absurd, but it does work. That aspect of the movie oh, yeah. works very yeah. well. Uh, this is this, this was... is like 22 years, though. I don't know if it's a, yeah. as absurd as you think it is. Like, yes, he murdered people. Yes, he murdered his, his mother. But he was proven clinically insane and then rehabilitated over 22 years and released probationally with the promise of a job, uh, with the promise that he the, would be living the, in a controlled The logic of the film is not really the absurd part. The absurd part is making a sequel in which oh, the yeah. most famous movie killer with the most famous murder scene in all it's of history. Forgiven. But that's yeah, it's basically just like... That's the point, though. Yes. It's, like, it's, it's great. It's, it's one of the most most interesting, legitimately one of the most interesting sequels as sequels I've ever heard. Hello, Abe. This is featuring Abe the dog. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's obsessed with Psycho, and it's obsessed with like Psycho's legacy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to pause this? <laughs> no. Just keep it going. You're right, He's bro. fine. He's fine. Just licking those. <laughs> Just <before>. keep going. <laughs> Are we going to uh, edit this or not? Uh, no, but I will pause. Anybody else need to comment on Abe before we keep going? All right. Continuing, we have five minutes, 55 seconds left. I was just going to say, I think spoilers, but this was my favorite movie. I think that they okay. played. Um, yeah. 
I just like I think it works really well. I think it's like a it's a really fascinating sort of audience indictment in the sense that it was like you end up feeling so bad for Norman Bates that it's like wow I really am watching Psycho too and like that's yeah. what I really care about is like not this man's rehabilitation. And to that to that end, like I do not think that any of the intimations that like oh there's some element of madness left in him that he could still be a bad guy at the drop of a pen. I don't think that really sold well, which is good that the movie didn't lean into it very often, as, at least not until like until near it does, the end right. until which it does kind of, I, until it does for that's the climax. My problem with the movie. I yeah, think, I think right. toward the end is where it's really started to lean off for me. You know, he has an interesting character arc, though, right? Yeah. Because, like, at the end of the movie, in in a sense, he is reclaiming uh, agency and control over his own life because he is he is reunited with this woman, spoilers, who is claiming to be his real mother. <laughs> who I guess is, right? Like, the, uh, maybe a I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not ever clear. Although right? Psycho 3 and 4 would retcon that, actually. Oh, really? No, I made that up. Oh. But that's... I would assume something like that, right? Sure. I, I guess I... Mean, I, I always thought... I. It doesn't really matter, right? But I thought she was just a crazy person who was also making up. You think so? I, I, I think that they're like somewhere in the script, somewhere in the outline before the movie ever got made. They're like, he's going to be his real mom and that's going to where shit's going to pop off. And then they made the movie and they're like, shit, we never got around to the real mom yeah. thing. And then there's that final scene. Well, um, but the important thing about it is that he kills her. With yes. Shovel in a really <laughs> comically. Ma- so in, in a maddeningly funny way oh, that like, there's no cut or anything. Her head just like bobs. Right. And it is. Which it is. is. The other thing about this movie is that it's very funny sometimes weirdly funny um, um but then he takes her upstairs in into the old room and, it, and his thing is like i know now that my psychosis operates this way and i'm sort of steering it but it's still manifested yeah or at least he convinces himself he's in, steering. In, a, in a real way norman bates becomes his own mother right it's Ooh. like he sort of takes control of the whole uh mythos of psycho and he's like well i'm aware of it now and i'm in control of it and, and it's going to continue and the corpus of the house you know being yeah. like the thing that he's well, now he's, master he's of an icon- he's like a fucking um universal monster right mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. he walks out and there's like that that lightning strike behind him and it's like there it is like yeah. norman bates has become norman bates and that's like the final shot and that's it? the great like almost greek tragedy of this movie mm-hmm. is that like he was always going to end up there and we were just waiting for it to happen the, the other interesting thing this movie is doing is it's putting forward the idea that what if norman bates was a fucking smoke show Dude, what, what, what if that guy could pull real he's hard. fucking like ripped his shit he's just like stand. he's just like working on his motel like I I, I want to get the motel up and working again, and he's just like him, just like a fuck. It's like a like a like I. It's a fucking cologne ad. Yeah, he's just like swinging like a hammer or some shit. He's got <laughs> he's fucking ripped as hell, and everybody's like staring like. Norman uh, Bates kind of really sexy. Great visual metaphor uh, where he starts repainting the hotel and then he doesn't finish it, and so for the rest of the movie, like half of the hotel is painted yellow and the rest is just like dingy gray. It's really really good. Um, Seth. We, you haven't said anything about Psycho you 2. Fan? Did you have well, any? Yeah, no, that, I mean, we're not doing the rankings, but I, I it really enjoyed this. Uh, everything you said, you, I, you basically took the words out of my mouth. Uh, so He's hot as hell. Well, no, he's, he's hot as hell. It's an interesting sort of turn on the whole, you know, what if... It was weird because the, the conceit is, here's this man who's rehabilitated, and it takes this really sort of empathetic angle for you to understand the character. He's being tormented by, like... Uh, the family of past victims and you know there's all of that sort of tension but then by the end it is what you said we're like there's all these menacing shots of him grabbing the knife and then in my head I'm putting that together like oh yeah Jason has the machete Freddy Krueger has the claws Norman Bates has the kitchen knife I mean the movie opens by literally replaying the iconic murder from the first movie yeah and then by the end, I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, now this is how you get right. to Psycho 3, 4, it's also, and so on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really cool how, like, 
the the family that is trying to get Norman Bates to go insane and the rest of the uh, town who are sort of like titillated by it, they're sort of the audience stand in, right? Because it's like, hey, listen, you're watching Psycho 2. Why this else would you be watching it? Want. Yeah. What, this is, yeah, he's probably going to do some killing, yeah, isn't he? Wait, and you're waiting for it. Yeah. Like, well, I would like to talk to the movie about the concept of being in a theater and watching six movies you don't pick as part of the horror-thon, sir. I'm not guilty of watching Psycho yeah, 2 in are, this manner. Uh, <laughs> Don't come at me, Psycho 2, for, for that. For the first time, nobody deserved this. Um, There's also a weird aspect of this movie where it is... Psycho obviously kind of helped to, like, start a lot of aspects of, like, the genre. Like, not just horror, but, like, slashers in general. Mm-hmm. Um, or kind of continued it. There were there were ones before that. But uh, there are other aspects of, like, movies from, like, around... Because it's a 1983 film, right? And there were, like, a lot of, like, horror films that started to have other things such as nudity in it. Uh, there's like a fucking nude shower scene in this movie that is just like totally out of just like any other like slasher, and it just does not fit this. I think weirdly nuanced, like sure. kind mostly gentle movie. Yeah, it's very well, weird. It's it's another kind of good subversion, right? It's John had said during the after the movie that so much of this movie is about trying to outdo the first Psycho, which totally mm-hmm. makes sense because the first Psycho is all about like having a wild end of first act twist. Uh, and this movie has, like, 16 twists at, like, different places that are all, like, legitimately pretty effective. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's also, like, in, in Psycho, the, the shower scene is, like, very, it was famously shocking for its time because yeah. it was a nude woman who wasn't shown. So I kind of love the idea of just, like, well, she's nude now. Yeah, yeah. 20, 23 that. years later, we can do this yeah. now, yeah. Uh, there, it's, uh, are, we, it's are we ahead time. of time? Are we ahead of time? Oh, we're watching Seven, September. six, The five. last thing that I would really like to say about Psycho 2, and if I hope that I would have time in order to get this out before the time goes, is I think it's very interesting. And that is oh, Psycho brutal. 2, the first film of Son of Horathon. can to make this joke five more times. <laughs> uh, our second film uh, was... Phantasm 2. Well, after I say Phantasm oh. 2, <clears> for the second time, it uh, starts, the, the timer starts at eight minutes. Any anything we should anything we need to any... host a good pod boy. That's my <laughs> All right, second film of the night. The tall man, right? That's that guy's name. He probably has what a real name. What movie are you talking but... about? Oh, I don't know. We're just talking about the film Phantasm Two. More like Phantasm Poo. Now this movie was this is my oh, well. We're not doing rankings. I really enjoyed this film. I Back really me up. Really? Okay, so, had a good so we have a split at the table because Harry and I we were I, both just like leaning over, commiserating, kind of. By the time that the movie was over, yeah, we were commiserating. I feel like Harry's a little softer on it than I am. But I, yeah, this this movie. Kind, here's the thing. I'll, I will say this because yeah. I think I understand where you're coming from. The it doesn't quite live up to the 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 conceit, right? Mm-hmm. Two dudes. Traveling with a bunch of shit from a hardware store oh, to go the, kill a demon. I love the first half hour of this movie. It's great. it seems like it's gonna rock a little more than it does, but I think it does still rock. I don't think so. I think See, it still rocks. This is where I this is the bone I have to pick is that I feel like movies like this get a pass because you invent the movie you want it to be in your head, where you're like, Oh, this is like this audacious, like wild, mm-hmm. sort of like off the wall, crazy, hilarious, like uh like no holds barred movie. And it's like it's not. It's like most of this movie is is a really, really boring Shot bunch of shots of people creeping around in poorly lit, really, really unimaginative set pieces, and they never really culminate. I don't know, unimaginative. How can you say that? It's, this... fucking, it's just like a morgue. Oh, I mean, it looks cool. It's it's yeah. cool gothic horror. It's like it, a mortuary, cool. and then there's like a, a, a like a bed and breakfast, and then there's like cemetery. I mean, like yeah, they're not inventive. It's not inventive. Production design, not inventive staging. There's like really you would never expect that ideas, and then there are whole scenes that make no sense, like 
I'm forgetting her name, but the lead character, Elizabeth or something, yeah. the one whose grandfather was somehow a seal on the tall man's like, reappearance in the world, where she's just creeping around the uh, like halls of this mortuary, and she runs into the tall man, and he says something menacing, which I forget, and she runs away, and that's the scene. Funeral like, services are about to begin. That was it, and there's no pursuit, there's no, like, that doesn't factor into the plot. She just suddenly comes upon the main antagonist of the film, who she knows as the main antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> None of this matters. I my defense is not... My attack isn't that, like, oh, this film doesn't follow logic. It's like, there should be a meaning, like, a purpose, like, a reason that we saw that. Well, like, like, something the that... The meaning is the next time they meet, the tall man's like, not this time, and he eats her. <laughs> yeah, throws her. Yeah, throws her. There are moments, but like, man, I just, uh, it, it didn't. His, his logic makes no. Why didn't he kill her at that point? It, he goes like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because yeah, he's but, a tall okay, man. So he can kill her if you want, whatever he wants to. This movie isn't yeah. even that it doesn't make logical sense. It's not even yeah. that it, it has no plot. It's that it's fucking boring. I, I didn't have. I thought it was enjoyable. I don't know. I really there are, there enjoyed are lo- it. There are long stretches of boring that lead to little moments of Terminator 2, like, oh, a four-headed shotgun that he's blasting away four of those also, little Jawa motherfuckers. I the, um, the Terminator 2 reference specifically also because they do the terrible narration thing. And what's really <laughs> funny is that I actually thought that was good as, like, a weird, unintentional really? joke. That, like, yeah. the first half hour of this movie, there's, like, a 30-second scene where nothing happens. They just look at, like, an abandoned town. And then there's, like, three minutes of dialogue where they're driving and he's talking about... He's, like, doing another, like... Um, Fucking like Terminator Two, if the end of the world was coming. Yeah. We knew we had to stop. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, small towns are like people. Some die of old age. <laughs> some, are murdered, some are murdered. That's a good line. That's very <laughs> that good. Line. Yeah, that's a good line. It's a good. Uh, line. I think. I think. I think Seth and I are on I, the same I felt, page here. I felt very similarly appreciating this little gem. I felt. I felt very similarly walking out of, or not walking out of, but like being taken out of phantasm 2 as i did like watching the 2021 suicide squad movie where it's just like oh this exists and it's pretty audacious in some respects that this exists just because there's like whatever risks taken with an ip or like you know edgy jokes or whatever i don't that's not like a reason enough for me to respect or like the thing you know just the fact that it bare exists and i think that's what phantasm 2 is expecting of its audiences is like can you believe we're doing this no you can't but we're doing it Thanks for I, I don't the ride. think it. I don't think it's quite that wacky. But I will say, here's the thing. Uh, this is, you know, all all respect to you know seeing this movie, the trial on. I do think this is definitely less of a theater movie and more of a three dudes on a couch with the cheapest yeah, beer. Sure. Ch- <laughs> it's it just there's some movies that are that are on the couch beer movies, and I think this is a great on the couch beer movie. Wouldn't it be great to not have to pay attention to the movie except for oh god, there's a chainsaw fight and he escapes by something. The, the chainsaw fight saw. was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. What every time those little balls came out with the drills? Is that the movie with the chainsaw fight? Yeah, no, yes, yes, that is a sick ass chainsaw. No nuts were chainsawed off in that though. Just that's true. Just good saying. point. But a whole floor gets just a just a guy, a henchman. My my issue with (laughs) bad guys have henchmen. The entire series is that it's not creative at all. You Hmm. know what I mean? Like at least for like Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street and the sort of like A list slasher movies, they have rules that they follow and they like they like delight in setting up the the mythos. Oh, I disagree so much. I thought literally while I was watching the movie, I thought the exact opposite. Because there's there's like that scene where they're like sneaking through like uh you know they're sneaking what like a chapel yeah, or whatever exactly. and they're, but they're sneaking through and the the tall man does not know that they're there right and it's like he's just a guy who's really tall 
who has like <laughs> who has like these weird little weapons that kill people, well, and he has henchmen. But like, there's there's his henchmen are like little Ewoks that are like running around and pulling people, and one of the girls gets away by just like standing up and running away. And it's like, yeah, he's just like a little Ewok dude. But they're not though. He he comes from a different like plane. Yeah, and he's immortal, and they never explain that. His main weapons are just like. Three fushiki balls that chase people around. It, they're so good, man. The, the, the scene where it drills its way through the the henchmen, which that's another eternal consistency thing. The fact that they're able to use that to kill the henchmen that rocks. I was like so happy when it started sure. drilling its way through that guy's like intestines, and then it, it, the like, shot of it, it, it in his mouth is so good. It's just it's a symbol to me of like the total lack of interest in being creative. That they're just like, what if they were just balls? The tagline of this movie is "The ball is back." <laughs> it, it's definitely a we had a budget yeah. and we were able to yeah. to make this. Here's here's what I'll say though. I do think this is less of like a. I, I, I'm not, like, a big horror guy, but, like, I do feel like there's, like, kind of, like, slasher horror fix, and then there's, like, gothic horror, like, dreamscape, like, like Hellraiser kind of shit. I think this does fit in more with that. This is, like, the C-lister of that, which I actually, I can appreciate, right? It's, like, it's yeah. like you've got your, Hellraiser is, like, an A-lister compared to this movie, you know? What I mean? I, sure. I, I can't disagree sure. with that, you know? How much but, did uh, this film set the groundwork for something like Twin Peaks? Zero oh, percent. <laughs> Wait, what? Think- you don't think so? I think that there's a lot of similarities no, no, in like no. how characters, how like whole. I don't think David how Lynch whole element, how whole too. elements of. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm saying. I'm saying the idea of the like this this strangely like gothic overlaid on top of small town. Um, Laura Palmer like, was actually inspired by Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I saw such depth in her character. All right, guys. She's suffering, but she doesn't know why. <laughs> you know, there's a lot. There's a lot here. I think. Yeah, no, you're right. It, you're, the parallels are there. They have like these dream powers that are never explained. There's a really funny scene where he and uh, the main character Mike and Elizabeth are telling each other they love each other without moving their lips because they have like a shared dream. Yeah, it's it's still happening. It rocks. I don't like that's. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Eric. They, they, like, they go. The everything two. that you see is just to get you through that scene. Does not matter if it continues. <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's consistent. But there's the but movie. but it's set. But it's a sequel. Like it's clearly set up to matter. The, the, and then nothing does. The two male leads go into a house with uh, the two female leads, and they're each like trying to hook up, you know, with their with the like respective partner and. Uh, uh, that's it. That's, That's it. all I can say about it. All that right, indeed all let's move on to the next it. one. What Never hear what I have to say the there. The next one is going to be the film... Halloween uh, 3, a, it's a, season... It's, oh, a, it's a film directed by Tommy Lee Wallace from 1982. Yeah, like it and it is called Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. Season of the... I did not enjoy this movie very much. Uh, yeah. So so I, I will kick it off. I started, I saw this movie, like the TBS censored version of it, some years ago, while I was visiting at home around Halloween. And uh, and yeah, you guys had the like intended experience. I missed so much of that film um, the first time being like, it's a TV censored version, so I didn't see the woman getting her face blown off. I didn't see the uh, like weird implications sex scene between the main character and, and, the, and, his and the main actress. And 15-year-old girlfriend? That's some fucked up shit. Just ambiguously. No, no she's, she's in her early 20s but, but, probably, she's but still. So much Remarkably younger, younger yeah. 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 That the movie has to comment on it. Like, after they have sex... 
they're like making out in bed, and he's like, "Wait a minute, how old are you?" It's yeah. Like, what? Why? It's like, oh, I should have asked that. Why oh, would that be a part of the movie? Yeah. This is this is the worst fucking horror movie protagonist. <laughs> right? I, I I really enjoyed his character. Yeah, <laughs> he's such an alcoholic. <laughs> There's just so many scenes where he's like talking on the phone with like somebody who's like, "I need I need to go into this town in order to investigate it. I'll call you back later." And he hangs up, and he just like pulls out a six pack and walks to his car. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. There, there is a point where he. He, he's taking a call on a payphone, and he has a six pack like like laying on the top of the. He's like set it down on top of the payphone so that he can sort of. Like, <laughs> have it ready. I think more movies should have characters who are because like there are obviously a lot of characters with addiction and like drinking problems in movies, but it's mostly an, a large aspect of the character. It's commented on. This guy, it's just in, purely in the background. Just like every single scene, some aspect of him just like. Just taking a swig of whiskey, just walking around, you know. He's just like a, he's like a shitty dad and ex-husband. He is a terrible husband. Yeah, it's just he. Yeah, he talks to his ex-wife and she's like complaining. About it. He's just like, oh, I gotta talk to you later. Bye. And just hangs up. <laughs> terrible he, person. He ditches on his kids twice, I think, in the course of that movie by <laughs> phone call both times, including for trick or treating. Uh, should we talk about what this movie is actually about? It's about uh, sure. Um, uh, sinister conspiracy by Silver Shamrock, the largest mass makers in the nation, um, that are staffed entirely by like Irish immigrants. Because this movie is an anti-Irish. It's, that's right. It's and you know what? Up. And it's fair. Oh, yeah. No. I'm Irish. <laughs> I, can, I can make these yeah, jokes. Yes. Um, and uh, but basically, so like they put microchips in these popular masks. Then they're going to play this subliminal message uh, over the TV during a giveaway on Halloween. That's going to make the kids who are wearing the masks, as a result of the technology inside the masks, turn into bugs and snakes. Rot, they'll rot and it's, die. It's a it's an ancient uh, druidic ritual. And uh, Stonehenge is Stonehenge. Being, yeah. They stole part of Stonehenge <laughs> so that they could make. Wait, were they chipping away at Stonehenge? Yes, they were literally How putting it there, on, the, on the board. They were, they were probably grinding it into something, like making it into a thermal. Paste oh, that's what he was doing. Okay. At one point, the protagonist asks the main villain why he's doing this. And the villain responds, "Do I need a reason?" <laughs> now that now that is the only element of this that I respect is like clearly it was a poorly sketched horror story. Well, it's that, a sacrifice, that, right? It's a it's to some elder god, yeah, right? They're sacrificing. Maybe the point that the planets are aligned, and, and so like yeah, it's yeah. not up to him. But like to have a character say that once yeah. and pretend like that's that's the, like the motive for the plot is is a little much for me. It's, it's but, not even clear what's happening to the kids. They turn into bugs and snakes. I, I mean, they I, die. I, very I will say the one point I gave this movie, the one like star I gave this movie, is because of like the you don't. We we have presented this contiguous plot where like it's a it's a sinister conspiracy and you know it, there's a corporation trying to just kill people for an unknown reason and it's like we're not really actually going to delve into all the reasons for that or like why all of this needs to happen or why even the bad guy wants this to happen what he's aligned with it in is. a supernatural sense it's just going to be there like just be in the stakes of the moment you know right. it was it's not good it's not a good execution of that but I give it points for like being an execution of that personally. I think I like the first act of this movie where it like it sets up like it's going to be a movie, right? Like it it sets up this mystery conspiracy and it becomes this sort of like almost like like I'm I'm giving it way too much credit here, but like a 1970s like paranoia thriller almost. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All those shots. The, it, of like, it's very much like a uh, like a Wicker Man or like a hot like the idea of like this so, right. this town. With with this creepy underbelly that like you you have to travel to and you have to dig it up and you get in too deep. Uh, I this is another movie. I'm going to say the this word again, which is sa- starting to sound very pretentious. But this is a movie with a better conseit than execution, execution for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. like the idea of this movie is like 
It, well, no, it, well, some of it's pretty dumb. Some of the ideas of this movie are pretty dumb. The whole Halloween mask exploding. But the, the Wicker Man thing that yes. you just brought up is, is really a, a good point. You should just I, watch the Wicker Man, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and I think that, like, even the, the first act when they're, like, exploring the town and, like, trying to figure things out, and there's, like, this creeping sense of unease where, like, they know something's wrong, they don't know what. They're, they're like, automatons murdering people in the city, and they don't know why, and that's why they went to this well, they're Irish. place. What, right. Um, they are Irish. Um, I like that. And then... They dispense with the idea of the mystery almost entirely because the main bad guy just explains all of it. The 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 other aspect of this that I guess we should bring up is this is Halloween three. This movie is I think notorious. <laughs> it's, it's notorious for not having Michael. My- the, in fact, my, the the Halloween the other Halloween movies are kind of they are they are briefly alluded to as works of fiction in this movie. Um, I, I know that there are people who really like this movie and view it as kind of like a weird subversive thing to like. But it, it, it really just feels like they made a horror movie and called it Halloween 3. Yeah, and I it, think that's what they they did, right? Like, I don't... Like, almost certainly it was just called Season of the Witch at some point. It's right? it's not even like a... It's not even like they, they made, like, a, oh, another Halloween movie, but it doesn't have Mike Myers. It's like, this is not even like a slash... There's really no... It's kind of a completely different subgenre of horror than the Halloween movies. Yeah, it's more of a, more, way more of a sci-fi horror than... Yeah, like a somebody bought this thriller. script and was just like, "Hey, this would sell more if if we call it Halloween." Now, now, right. now, we'll do thing. research on that later. Listen, here's the thing. <laughs> should should that have kicked off a trend? Of I haven't seen I've seen one Halloween movie that wasn't this. Should that have kicked off a trend where like each Halloween movie wasn't the Michael Myers story or like the Michael Myers extended universe, but like an anthological <laughs> okay. horror? Well, series? now now that I'm saying it, I do feel kind of like. The, I guess the thing about Halloween is that it is about the night of Halloween, yeah. right? And, and this is about Halloween. I do like the, the, the one thing that works really well in this movie is the very annoying jingle that is played for this company's products uh, is so fucking annoying. And you know, it plays bars? so many times. I'm not going to sing it. Maybe Seven more days till Halloween. Keep going. Halloween, Halloween, seven more days till Halloween, silver shamrock. And it plays, what, probably 80 times yeah. in this movie. Uh, uh, and the idea... Again, more interesting than it is actually done well. But the idea of like Halloween being this date that's slowly ac- approaching oh, it's is great. this countdown timer. I like that a lot. I think You're right. I'm going to remake this film. We're going to. I'm going to. I think I can see why people like it because I yeah, think it sure. has a lot of the elements of a good movie. I just don't think that they culminate at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it, Seth? No, I mean, I agree with everything you guys were saying. A lot of cool ideas didn't execute well. Uh, the beer-drinking protagonist who gets <laughs> everything done by asking other people to do things on his <laughs> responsibility by telling his, you know, I'm not going to see you kids on his phone. That's, that's a good bit. Uh, but, yeah, it just feel, it felt, you know, very half-baked. Also, I have to say, just for the – this is like a meta comment. Uh, this is where I started falling asleep. Uh, so a lot of my commentary is based off of the first act, which is pretty good. It's fine. Yeah. The whole, like, oh, what are these crazy assassin robot automaton things doing? No, no, they're just henchmen. And it was, like, it was like moody. It felt like it might have been a John Carpenter movie at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. It was, well, it was a production. I think it was John Carpenter yeah, production. Was. And, right? and, and he yeah. did the music, too, yeah. On to the next one. And that that was Halloween 3 season of The Witch. Next up, we have what is being widely regarded as probably at least like the reason that her, that this horror-thon probably exists, like the one that costs the most to... Maybe the one that costs the most to rent? This is going to be uh, Day of the Dead, 1985. Yeah, and also the thing about this one is that John was really excited about yes. the print that he found. This was on yeah. 35, which was pretty gorgeous. It was yeah. really cool to see. Um. 
very textured movie. Like this is a movie that that yeah, seeing it on thirty, it's cool. It's like one. Yeah, I saw this on thirty-five. You know, it's like that kind of a vibe to it. Um, I didn't. I think this was unfortunately for me. This was kind of how Seth alluded to with our our last uh, uh, film. This is kind of where I didn't. I don't think I actually fell asleep during this one, but I was fighting for my life here. I was. I was. I was really going swinging towards. uh, It's not. uh, It's not a thriller. It is like it is a like a drama. You know, there's yeah. there's some horror elements. There's gross stuff. There's zombies. Yeah. What? I mean, that's maybe my personal no. take about it. Right? Is that like I liked that? Oh, oh okay, that's great. Um, that's I think you and I talked about this a little bit, Aaron. But like, I respect and acknowledge the maturity of a movie that says like, oh, human beings are the real monsters. He's interested in unpacking the psychological... Which this movie is, very much, yes. Oh, it's, it's 100% like a play. About, about like, like... People who are yeah. at the end of the world... Racial tensions, gender biases, yeah. yeah. The problem with it is that I don't think any of the characters in this movie are actually interesting. I think that it's purely like evoking drama from situation, and I just don't think that that's that interesting. But I the gore I, kicks mm-hmm. ass. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just Let's talk say, about the gore in a minute. Uh, I like this movie a lot. This one I did stay awake for probably 80 Well, because you napped so much during Halloween 3. Uh, this is going to be a recurring bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was I slept during the night, yeah. Uh, no, the, the, the only thing that makes me wonder about these types of movies is, yeah, it's a drama. It's a thriller. Zombies are the backdrop that bring out all of these sort of, you know, the dark underbelly of society. Like... Uh, this is uh, my challenge to to the the, the zombie franchise, mm-hmm. the, zo- the like the zomdrom specifically. Like, how do you do that new? Sure, because like I haven't seen uh, anything. In, well, I haven't well, seen no, zomb. Yeah, but I'm saying you know like Dawn of the Dead. Uh, more recently, like 12, uh, 28 days later, uh, the beginning seasons of The Walking Dead. They all bring up this same idea. Of just like, oh, yeah, zombies lead to the collapse of society, and that's where the real horror happens, mm-hmm. when, when humans, like, don't have yeah. any rules to play by. Right. It's, it's, it's just kind of like, okay, well, we, we know the horrors that people do. Yeah, yeah. And I guess my question is, like, did you guys see anything, like, new or not sure. explored in other zombie works? I mean, I think I, that George Romero admirably is, like, so upfront about the politics of his movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that like this movie was like very explicitly about race and like very explicitly about fascism and militant fascism and particularly like the evils of the ideology that is yeah. that are made manifest by the US military like, mm-hmm. very specifically now that that I think is my only um counter argument or rather like con- concurrent argument to what Harry was saying is like I don't need all these characters to be interesting, fleshed sure. out, built when the overall movie is like pitting like larger you communities can take and concepts. Like, yeah. I think like, like, yeah, like okay. the scientists and the fascist military, right. like the, the self centered, um, like nothing stands in the way of progress type science versus the nothing stands in the way of militaries order, and, yeah. yeah, and, and, you know, international order, like pitting those two forces against each other and then like the spiraling, like the, um, uh, the, 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 the capillaries of that being people, being like obsessed scientists, being people who want to compromise and be people leaders, people who, uh, you know, are, are just like, mentally not ready for everything that's happening to them. I think that is where the effectiveness of this movie landed for me. It's so allegorical that it's 
saves its characters. See, because yeah, that I is my so. main criticism of this movie and zombie movies like it is that in order to do what they're doing, they almost have to um, they have to file down the characters or sand down the mm. characters into archetypes because that makes the shorthand more effective and faster. Like yeah. if we can just get to this guy is just a like the consummate military sergeant. This this man is just the consummate sort of. Uh, ethic-free um, scientist. Mm-hmm. It's like, when, when we can get there as fast as possible, we can start to explore the things we want to explore allegorically. Mm-hmm. My problem with that is, and maybe this is the way you would do it new, right, is that like I think I just really respond to and enjoy character studies, hmm. and there is nary a character to be found in this movie. I think the uh, main the main character is not bad. No, um, I, think, I think she's... But it, she is also still just defined by... She, kind of I her mean, position. I mean, she and the other, the other guy, um, whose name I can't remember. The gentleman with the beard who the gets fly, his arm? No, the Flyboy. Terry Alexander is John Flyboy, the John, group's helicopter. Yeah, John Flyboy. I, I think she and he are good foils for one another and have good character arcs mm-hmm. that correspond to one another. Um, and I, he has a very good scene, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a little bit on the nose, I think, but yeah. that monologue is good. Yes. Yeah, I'm okay with the movie from 1985 by the guy who invented the zombie like genre, film genre, essentially. I'm okay with that being a little by the book. The zombie learns to shoot a gun in this movie. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. Which is funny. Un- undeniably like the standout point of the movie, I think. I, when he, he, shoots, he shoots the main sergeant guy, and then he salutes him in a callback. And, ooh, man. That is, that is pretty sick. Yeah. No, I remember the crowd cheering for that. Uh, definitely, I was conscious for that part. Uh, do you think that there was anything... You know, allegorical going on there. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, I'm trying to think, how can this movie be deeper? What is it saying that stands out? Because, like, the ethics-free scientist teaches this zombie to experience emotion or rational thought again uh, through music, which seems like, oh, like, through reconnecting with, you know, base sort of human pleasure you can rediscover your humanity kind of yes. thing. And in I that, think that's and, it, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but like, I mean, like, it's, he shoots the military. Right. Guy. It's very clear that the zombies are mirrors in this movie, right? That, like, that the zombies respond to aggression with aggression, and when you sort of, like, treat them, or when you when you try to reacclimate them, there there is an ability there to correspond with it. It's just that that's a harder road. And, like, yeah, by the end, they have made this zombie into a military killer, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's what they are, and that's that's what it learned from them. And so it's, there's a, I mean, they literally call it guy dr frankenstein and there's very much a frankenstein's monster element to mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. um yeah i think that worked really well uh we should talk about how this has the craziest and grossest death scenes in any movie. oh my that, that that's God. really my point is i do like this like the social you know thematic aspects yeah. of this film but the gore in this movie is truly excellent in a way that i did not like i obviously romero's great at that but like this film is like it really goes it really like as soon as like the zombies really start fucking shit up it just like wallows in those depths for a very long time. Well, I mean, I think it's... I don't... Maybe this isn't true. I think it's the goriest movie I've ever seen. Oh. I think it's like... The, well, it's gotta be up there, but like... The death scenes in this movie are wild. I, yeah. Mortal Kombat-esque. Yeah. I think you I, can see where, like, Shaun yeah. of the Dead, the scene of the guy oh, pulled yeah, through the window. A, Absolutely a durable... Yeah, homage. Um, yeah. David, I, I think for being practical effects, I think that, like, boosts the effectiveness sure. of almost, every, of almost any of these things. Like a good 30 to 40 percent of like i'm just impressed by the thing that i'm seeing let alone the effect it's having on me you know Uh, and i think that pound for pound probably does make it like the most impactfully gory movie maybe not like the most oh we're really showing you something gross like bone tomahawk is a movie from a few Mm -hmm. years ago that has some really really gross shit in it Mm -hmm. but it's very heavily like 
CGI'd, very heavily edited. There are whole scenes, whole shots in this movie where somebody's getting pulled apart it lingers, from like from yeah. like their eyelid to their ass cheeks, and it's just fingers no, going no in cuts. an eyeball. <laughs> we should. We should have more time. Right, that's that. where we're ending that one. And that's where we're going. Yeah. Uh, number five should have been the final film of the evening. Oh. IMO. Uh, because it was just too many at that point. We have 1988's Critters 2. <laughs> Folks, I slept the entire way through this. I, felt, I feel bad. Look, if John is listening, uh, no insults here, but I this the, look, I was fighting with her for Day of the Dead. I gave in, unfortunately, during Critters 2. You'll, you'll never believe who liked my review of Critters 2, where I just said it was a good movie to fall asleep to. John Moret liked really? that yeah, movie, liked liked that review. That this seemed like the one <laughs> I, oh no! <laughs> the thing about this movie is that that I was fascinated by is that th- it has the exact sort of production value, scripting, characterization, um, and sort of like set piece or set design and music of a Disney Channel original movie. Yeah, like uncannily, right up until there is a a fully naked woman for only reasons of titillation, or be an unbelievably gruesome death scene. And there's something almost fascinating about that. I, I thought when when you... So I felt... I saw the first ten minutes. I see what you're... Yeah, there's like... It's absolutely like a Disney sci-fi movie. it's a kid's movie. Now, I wake, I wake up, and the movie is in it, finished, and yes, someone mentions that there was a fully nude person. I was like, I just assumed this was a made-for-TV, like, science Children's fiction movie. movie. Right? Yeah. Because, like, it even has that plot where it's mm-hmm. like, it's Chicken Little, right? And it's a sequel to Chicken Little where the Chicken Little boy comes back to town. And, like, he he is the guy who saw the things, what are they called? The Critters? Critters. I guess Critters, yeah. Um, the first Crites time, or something? Yeah, Crites is what the yeah. aliens call him. And nobody believed him and he had to leave town but like now they're back and he's back and you know he's struggling with that again. Um, and like he has a romance with, with like another high school person and like he has a bully that he has to face down and it is like fully <laughs> like Disney. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden the the critters come out and they like eat someone's face away or like <laughs> Like just or bore their... through somebody's butthole. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's like, wow. Like... Wait, they. Sorry. No, I assume like that's what happened with R-rated, with the sheriff. R-rated kills and like. R-rated. No, I don't. Yeah, I just don't know what you're talking about. When, I get, when, they, when they get into the Easter Bunny costume yeah. and they start driving around, I assume they entered through one sure. of those holes, it's right? Because it looks funny like they come out. Is an Easter movie? Yeah. What? In, in a... th- it's just off in so many like bizarre little quirky ways. The critters have risen again. Is that Wow, now this is an interesting They did put that town on the map. They may have saved the town because the thing that I heard about small towns is that they either die, what is it, slow, or they get murdered. murdered. They die of natural causes, (laughs) or they get murdered, or they live long enough to become Jesus. uh, (laughs) Become Detroit. (laughs) Um, Well, and then also, like, uh, what was the name of the town? Does anybody remember? Grove, something Grove. Yeah, it was something it was something Grove because they thank it. And yes, Grover's so, Bend. Grover's Bend, which they say we Sorry. would like to thank the people of Grover's Bend. I looked that up right afterwards. I don't think Grover's Bend is a real town. That's so, very like, funny. That's pretty good. How, is this movie pretty self-aware? Like what? Uh, uh, I think it. I think it is. Yeah. I just don't think it like really uses that. I think it, it uses matter. that. I think it uses that that understanding to. Like make a movie that would you would not believe has like self awareness. Like they probably would have done the same thing if they just wanted to recapture the magic of the first Critters movie. You know, I I mean I, I don't know if there was any magic to that movie because I've never seen any other movies in the series. But I don't feel like it is an effective use of that self awareness. But yes, I think it is. Like you can't you don't make something like this with all the build up and all the uh, red herrings and stuff without it being like yeah. I will you know say where you're I really going like with. the, um, again, the first act sort of opening conceit of this movie because I think it's really clever that the reason this is an Easter movie is that 
the critters' eggs get distributed along with the regular sort of Easter bunny eggs that are hidden for the egg hunt. And so then as the kids are trying to find them, the critters are hatching around town during the egg hunt and going wild, which is like a really funny idea. Right? Yeah. Like that makes sense. Um, let's see, the, the little, the main lady is a uh, spunky reporter for the town paper. Pretty cool. Classic stuff. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and her parents are the ones who run it. They're the like editors and right. maintainers. Right. the paper in town. Yeah, very... Uh, Betty and Riverdale situation happening there. Is that a is that a reference you're prepared to dive into? Uh, I could if you want me to. Talk we about have no, no, no. three minutes forty five <laughs> seconds left. Yeah, what, what else we got about this movie? Well, I just want to. I'm say, trying to back uh, up. But I yeah, uh, when Aaron said uh, at some somebody mentioned that there was a fully naked woman, that was me. Uh, yeah. I fell asleep. You were a fully naked woman. I was a fully naked woman. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, everybody was sleeping. I somehow. I fell asleep after the first 10 minutes of this movie, woke up the instant that the naked woman appeared on screen. That was, that was instant. Yeah, I, I, it really was. And then I fell asleep immediately afterwards. I was like, all right, I've seen what I need to see. Um, and then came back, yeah, for, for the climax of the movie, uh, where, yeah, the critters are, like, feeding on everything in town, and they decide we're going to lure them to a, like, a meatpacking, burger processing That's uh, a good plan. idea. Yeah, and lace it up with dynamite, blow them to smithereens, but apparently when they do that, they, like, morph into this, like, gross critter ball, and, yeah, crazy, gory death where they run over they run somebody, over a guy. and it's just a skeleton, like, covered in gore, like, yeah, after they, they run because over. because as they were running them over, and they also they were eating. They were just eating. Munch, munch, yeah. munch, munch, munch. Uh, honestly, the, the, I'm kind of sad that I fell asleep during this movie. Like, really? Bi- biology took over, because, like, it's like you said, it seemed like a decom. It seemed like a lot of fun, honestly, uh, where it was just like, here is the, it gave me like Gremlins vibe, where it's yeah, like, it's this very, this very dark, but like funny, gory, but somehow like still has heart and the characters, it, it, it's not like, I, I don't know, like a lot of horror movies have this like internal morality where like you know it's the oversex teens and like you're getting what you deserve kind of, right. like there's some social preaching happening mm-hmm. but this one it just seemed like oh yeah like shit's going crazy in this one you know like there's like there's even sort of like a uh, and this was sort of funny that they felt the need to bring this back but alien bounty, bounty, bounty hunters excuse me which are from the first movie they come back to kill the rest of the critters because they missed some and there's a guy who was the town drunk who joined the bounty hunters and is like now working alongside them and he has this like weirdly tender relationship with the main character where like they were friends because they were the only ones who believed believed in each other and mm-hmm. like, now he has like come a long way and like the other kid has too it's like it kind of works and yeah. but it, it was also so funny to me it's like who was clamoring to see this guy like, <laughs> why, why was this fans like, of the first one are gonna yeah, love the return of, of jeff is back. yeah, yeah that it's was an og okay yeah. charlie right was that his human no, name? Og is the faceless homunculus who turns into the porn star. Into Charlie yeah, yeah. Later. Sorry. Right. As someone who did not see pretty much any of this movie, I I don't know what anybody's talking about for the past like five I, minutes. I, like, man, a meat fat, a big ball. I got I got I got I got like I Humunculus? consciously chose. I knew after twenty five minutes of this movie that this was going to be the one that I would like conserve my energy on because before this one started, they were like. Two more movies, and I'm like, this is number five, isn't it? Yep, two more movies. We got six. I, yes, movies. so I should also say, and again, I think this was emailed out, so it's not anybody else's fault but mine. But 
I thought there were five movies. And the it, email it, said I five. Love, I love watching them. I, I love watching them. I love watching movies in the trilon. Love the all night thing. When you when you're mentally prepared to see five movies yeah. and it's six and it's like oh there's another movie. So you're top not, ten animated trails. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean you're not wrong, but like the thing is that it's it's a time period. Like you signed up for a time period. I guess I guess I was hoping like a church service or like a wedding or something that the established time would be like oh we got done early. You know, free like free exactly time to right. you. Give I was hoping back. that would happen because, yeah. and that anyway, is our last uh, word. That's, uh, that's what we're talking about. That is Critters the final two, word right? on Critters Two, the 1988 film, uh, and number five of six at the Trilon Horathon Five Son of Horathon. Was that enough of an enunciation for you, yeah, Harry? Thank you. Uh, so then, the next one we're d- discussing is a film directed by Brian Trenchard Smith in 1994. This movie? <laughs> Ouch! Uh, well, without spoiling too many of opinions before we start. Um, this is Night of the Demons 2. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is, a, this is yeah. a very, very horny movie. This is the one of the horniest movies I've ever seen. And yeah. we should say, I mean, not to talk about the other movies again, but I think Day of the Dead is the only movie without any nudity in it. Right. I mean, it has a bunch of other stuff I mean, in it, all but. of those movies are sort of in very self-conscious ways, like doing the horror thing, where yeah. it's like, all horror movies are about sex. Right? And you yeah. get one boob shot, yeah. and then and, we're back to like, killing people. It is really funny how, like, all horror movies really leaned into that. They yeah. really wanted to be like, oh, this is the genre where we can show naked bodies and we can talk about sex. Night of the Demons 2 uh, puts forward an interesting idea that what if the, the not just the one scene that you're, that you're looking forward to, what if literally the entirety of this movie is just boobs. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just non-stop. teens being They just lean into it. They, they like, fell into it. Yeah. <laughs> the horror American pie or whatever, right? Where it's kind just of, like, this yeah. is a teen sex comedy that is also uh, supposed it, to be horror. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't love this movie, uh, to be honest. Although I, I think it, it, uh, I think it kind of works for what I was intended. We're like a kind of lighter yet still kind of horror themed final movie to kind of, you know, I, I feel like it's like a nice kind of closer, right? Yeah, in oh, that I think regard. It, made, it made sense as a closer. It made sense. Um, but I, I, I didn't like it that much, and I think that it, it was giving me very strong, like, Sharknado vibes, where yeah. it's like, it's a little too self-aware, sure. and it's like, I would prefer if this was unintentional, instead of, it's it's just straight up a horror comedy thing, where like, oh, somebody gets hit in the dick with a thing, you know? It, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's, there's it's clearly just a movie built around its one-liners, right? Like, it's um you know the this uh what are they called uh, water balloons full of holy water and the nerf guns full yeah, of holy water and stuff yeah. like it, it's good stuff but like that is the last 25 minutes of this movie is just them hitting each other with water balloons and hitting yeah. demons with water balloons and shooting each other with squirt guns and it's like this is something we've done a lot in this movie. Is there, is there more of this or is there more movie? Yeah. It is very weird to me, and I do not think that this was intentional. I like I'm with Seth that like I think one of the nicer things, if you want to call it that, is that this movie is sort of making fun of the regressive inherent conservatism of horror movies. It's not actually doing that. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's very funny that like the arc of this nun is that she's this, like, strict disciplinarian who doesn't like kids, and then it's revealed that she's, like, a badass demon slayer who is a strict disciplinarian who hates kids. And, like, <laughs> they, they never, like, critique her at all. Right. And so, like, she's it, just cool now because she can use guns. Like, oh, actually, the nun was badass. And at one point, she, like... And, and again, it's supposed to be like an action movie line, but she goes like, spare the rod, spoil the child, after she kills a... And it's like, you know that that phrase has a very loaded and upsetting history in, like real life right and like to use it as an action line and to imply that like oh 
You're a badass. It's like what? What? Yeah. Like, I I think nuns are bad. Though. <laughs> like that's and and that line is a it's a bad. Here's line. the thing though: if there were demons, you that know, killing, yeah. they would be right, right? Uh, yeah, I would have to reevaluate of, my thoughts on nuns yeah, and much Catholicism. Much is premised yeah. on the idea that if the devil and hell and demons were all very real, this would make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, fucking fair enough. You know what? Fair. Now, I don't agree with you on that, yeah. but that would suck pretty bad. Um, just so many boobs in this movie. I mean, really nonstop. <laughs> there's, a, there's, like, a ten-minute sex scene in this movie, uh, and it's, like, one of the side characters. But nobody nobody does have sex. It's well, like, they're getting ready to have yes. sex. He's got a condom he's yeah, yeah. trying to put on and stuff, and it's, it's not funny. It's, like, it's not... I, I guess it's supposed to be sexy, but it's not sexy. But it like they keep cutting back to it, and it's just like, why does this happen? The, yeah, the, the, it's between that and the sacrifice scene, right? They're yeah. like paralleling yeah. those. The very awkward thing about making a movie like this that is a parody, but also is doing the thing, is that it is still doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And the thing, when you're also making it a parody, is actually very awkward because you get the scenes like the sex scene where it's like there are no jokes here because this is just it's a just build up to, to a sex scene. Right. Yes, and it's like. I'm with you on the criticism, and I also like movies with sex scenes, but when you combine the two, it is just very awkward to, yeah. to watch. Also, they're, they're high school students. Yeah, yes, sure. So, I mean, they're they're clearly above 18 because they show boobs and stuff, but it's still like, yeah. am I supposed to be turned on by, like... Am I supposed to be cheering this on? I don't know what's sex? happening. I mean, like, it's... That's the other thing that didn't... Like, if I had had a more clear understanding of the, like, setup or context for all this happening, the like, the... um. The school is like a Catholic private school, right? Right. Yes. Where, ki- where kids are sent rather than like yeah, it's like a boarding school. It's like it's like, it's like, like we're go- we're going to straighten you out okay. type place. Which yeah. again, maybe is just feeding to Harry's point of like it's trying to play off of that regressive social politics of the Catholic Church and of right. like religious like uh, education in general. But it, like it does ultimately say like yeah, those things are cool, aren't they? They are like. Like nobody ends up, the nun does not end up admitting that. Like, oh yes, like children deserve the space to learn and be free and to like understand the world well, on their own. They shouldn't terms. because they're demons. There are evil, horny demons. It literally will... demonizes the horniest kids in school. <laughs> Hello. That is. Um, I really like that fucking Point Dexter kid who's like the Perry. school nerd Perry. But his thing is that he's really into demonology. <laughs> he literally, <laughs> that that demon. was the one aspect of this movie. I did, I, his character, I was very was much very, down with. It was very funny, right? Yes. He, he, calls, he calls a demon into the, what is it, the same... Uh, Angela, the main character's sister. Into somewhere in the school, like the holiest of holy places right. at this, the sacristy, yeah, if, I think. If, if you're Catholic and you believe in demons, right, I, I would, now you can do some research, I would not do research by attempting to actually summon forth a demon. <laughs> right. It's like, it it's like, like I would like to research nuclear fallout, so I'm going to set <laughs> off a few nukes <laughs> on myself. Split some atoms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh... I didn't love this one, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, like, there are some funny moments. There were some funny moments. there are some kills that are surprisingly... Some good gore. Yeah. 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 There's uh, Mouse, the main character, who's like the sort of meek-hearted sister Mm -hmm. of uh, the main... Antagonist, Angela. ...the first movie, Angela, um, who has a... By the way, Mouse has a character arc that is completely, like, glossed over. Describe it. She she learns to, um, like, stand up for herself. She keeps telling people her name is Melissa, and then at the end she kills her sister and says, my name is Melissa. But it's like there was no groundwork for that. It was just like... She's victimized up until that point. And then the movie happened, and then she's... Also, this is a parody movie. It's embarrassing to watch this sincerity here. You know what I mean? A little bit. I think I agree that, like, when it did try to have a point and to be 
disappointed fell flat because the rest of it is like none one liners. It's it's like it's like a moment in like Guardians of the Galaxy where they all stand in a circle and hold hands, and it's like, oh, this is actually embarrassing because your your whole movie is making fun of this. You know what I mean? Your final battle was a dance scene. I'm not gonna let you eat this cake and have it. Yeah, that's the that's the thing about parody movies like that, though, is that you know they're not actually at the end of the day making fun. Go 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 watch go watch Blazing Saddles. There's not a single sincere moment in that entire film, and that's the way it should be. Yes, <laughs> that is a better movie. It turns out than Night of the, Night of the yeah, Demons yeah. too. Uh, yeah, surprise. Yeah, um, uh, Ben Stiller's wife is in this movie. Sorry. Uh, yes, Chris, Chris, Christine D, Taylor. Christine Taylor. Which Sally Sitwell from Arrested the Development. Blonde, the blonde one. The not strawberry, not beef. Actually, the only woman who does not expose herself. I think. Yeah. yeah. You see her in bra, but but no full. Oh, that's. She, they're they're like I see her for something car. else because she Zoolander. does Arrested look, Development Zoolander. Zoolander. She's in, yeah, she's in Dodgeball. She's in a bunch of Ben Stiller movies. Yeah. Wow! Well. What? What? How? What is the career trajectory there? That's yeah. wild. She seems to have yeah. like that. That's doing pretty well for yourself. If you've... This movie was like what? 1994. 94. Like I thought it was it looks 2017. Okay. It looks like, okay. I thought it was yeah. like a Kickstarted like parody sure. movie. It honestly. was a DCP. It, it so has that vibe. Like, yeah. The, the... And that's it. That's Night of the Demons two, folks. That was Night yeah. of the Demons two, and that was Son of Horathon. Uh, uh, compare it, Harry, with um, the previous Horathon uh, oh, overall. I mean, I, I feel bad, but like, I, I, this is my third up all night, I think, and like, I really, really liked the movies that were shown for the most part at the mm-hmm. other ones. Um, and so, like, I, I thought most of the movies in this one were like dog shit, right? Yeah. Uh, but like, that's kind of the point, right? Like, the quality of the movies is not the point. The point was like having fun and like being yes. up all night with everybody. And, and so I would rate this like a five star experience, right? Um, but I, I did. I mean, like, come on. The, the first one I went to was a an up all night that was about movies that take place in one night. And the last movie they played was fucking After Hours. Yeah. Let's, Didn't you say the first? Was it the first they played at? Or was a uh, wait? Was Warriors? it a horror thought? No, that no, was an up all night. Oh, okay. I'm I'm, yeah. choos- I'm choosing not to judge all nighters of the trial on by this experience because this is the first time I think, that I've been I think Horathon is separate in my mind it than is, like yeah. the 10th anniversary thing. Well, that and this was Son of Horathon where it's like, oh, right. I mean, there's a reason you don't hear about horror sequels very much <laughs> and it's, you've it's just discovered it. Bad. You just discovered yeah. it, yeah. But they are enjoyable to watch yes. in a certain way. And I sure. had a lot of fun doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It was a great time. Um, I will say I felt like death walking out. Did not <laughs> sleep until like 4 p- 3 p.m. the next day. Had uh, had quite a day. But, um, uh, should we? I, I do want to try and get y'all to actually like yeah, rank, sure. I got rank right. the movies yeah. one to six. Yeah. Uh, number six, uh, Aaron. We'll go. Well, here's uh, the thing. We'll can go, I do Critters too? Can you do? Critters can I rate too? Critters too? I yes, slept through the whole. It was, it was movie. one of the ones you were present for. It. Yeah. I don't think it's one you need to say. Okay, then I'll put Critters two with an asterisk. Asterisk. You know what? I will put the worst one is Night of the Demons two for me, and then I'll put Critters two. I had a nice nap during that film. Okay, that, so we have your six and your five. You'll skip the next round. Oh, we're. I didn't know we were all going right now. Oh, uh, six for me was Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Really? Okay. There was nothing salvaging that for you. Oh, I mean, like, nice but between all the other movies higher in my ranking, yeah, like, there was the least enjoyable amount of anything in this. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I was asleep for most of Critters 2. We're not asleep, but my eyes were closed, so I guess I would put that at the bottom with an asterisk as well. Um, although what I saw of Critters 2, I liked more than Phantasm 2, mm-hmm. so I might do Phantasm 2 at the bottom. Wow. That is... It's a fun watch, folks at home. It's a fun watch. I, so I would recommend watching. I would, you know what? Crack a cold one. Maybe don't pay too much attention. Good time. 
Good. That's a good. Look uh, up when you hear something loud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Critters two comes in at number six for me. I I that is the one where I chose consciously chose to fall asleep, and it was the only one where I actually fell asleep. Uh, okay, so number five, uh, Aaron. Oh, you already you already uh, said. I guess that would be Critters Night, two. Night of the Demons two. Oh no, you Night, said Night yeah. Of the so Critters two, uh, but nice nap. Nothing too loud that woke me up during it. Um, pleasant. Uh, I just want to jump back onto my Halloween three at the bottom. Terrible movie to try to sleep through because the the no the score in that was so fucking loud. It's pounding. Oh oh, like some sort of a like very high pitched like squealing. Yeah, but that's the, that's the I know. Best part of the movie. That's the John Carpenter. That's yes, the best part. yes, of course. That squealing. That's John Carpenter's score, man. John Carpenter. John Carpenter, baby. I agree. It wow. was a pretty. It was a pretty. The best score. part of that movie was a dog shit score. Oof. Yeah. Ouch. Master of shit. Anyway, uh, your your five was what? Critters. My five is Critters 2. Uh, my five is Night of the Demons 2. Okay. okay. Uh, I think I'll put Critters 2 at my number five. Okay. Now, my number five is going to be uh, Night of the Demons 2 because I didn't see a whole lot underneath the skin of that. Uh, number four. Uh, Halloween 3, I think. I did enjoy some aspects of that movie. Enough to enough to keep it above the two movies, one movie that you slept through and another one that was just boobs? I, I would. Here's what, here's what I'll say. I would see another movie in which the... Uh, alcoholic, terrible uh, ex-husband goes around and just like solves crimes. I would see that character in a different movie for sure. Like just plant him somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing about that is that I think particularly the first third of that movie is like maybe some of the most competent filmmaking you saw. Yes. Yes. That evening. It fell off a cliff. Yeah, really did. Four for me is Critters Two. Having watched thirteen minutes of that movie, it's still (laughs) number four. Uh, this one's tough for me. It's kind of controversial. I think Halloween three is going to be my number four. Uh, I didn't. I just. I thought it was really dumb. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, number four for me is going to be Phantasm two. I. I apologize, guys. I wish I were on your train of like I was just frustrated more than more than pleased, more than happy, more than uh, you know along for the ride. Number three. Uh, I would go Day of the Dead for number three. Yeah, I I I do think if I were to just like watch it now. Without having watched it, I think I would enjoy it more. But I was really fighting sleep. It, yeah. it did impact my viewing experience. But a uh, great ending, I think. Yeah. Uh, three is Phantasm Two for me. Uh, I should say with my rankings, like there is there's a gulf for me between three and four. So like the first three movies I enjoyed, sure, and then the next are like ah, very yeah dropped off. That makes sense. Um, with an asterisk, I guess I would say Night of the Demons 2. I mean, I know, I think that Halloween 3, weirdly, is probably a better movie. Mm. I think I enjoyed Night of the Demons 2 more, just because, like, I don't know, it was the end of the night, and, like, there were a bunch of boobs in that movie. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, we should have had a guy counting counting boobs instead. <laughs> that would be a very funny... Very good, you can't good. steal his bit, obviously. I think you could have... Like one guy doing both. Okay, sure. Uh, I, I volunteer to be. Um, number three for me is going to be Halloween se- Three Seasons of the Witch. I think that movie is just like, it got me thinking a lot more about what the fuck how, like, horror movies are and what I need to know about like the plot before things actually happen or come together. Uh, number two, Aaron, leading up. Uh, that's Phantasm 2. Uh, I had a good time with that one. <sighs> Wait a minute. I feel like there are two movies left that Aaron no. never reviewed. No. I, I, it's because I, I talked about Critters 2 and Night of the Demon. It fell asleep for Critters 2, okay. so I kind of gave it. But yeah, no, Phantasm 2. Good flick, fellas, I don't want to tell you. Good good flick. Right. Uh, two for me is Day of the Dead. Uh, yeah, enjoyed it. Probably the most 
like one of the most competently made movies, good message, or it has a message and executes on it. So yeah, yeah, I would I would say Day of the Dead is like the it's the most competent movie mm-hmm. probably among these. Um, George Romero's great. I mean, I think he's like a genius. That first shot is so good with the calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, great bookends. Um, I think that I just like I'm not a huge zombie movie guy. I guess and um, a lot of the social commentary fell flat for me. Um, I honestly think some of the kills were, and there, some of the gore was like too overdone. Where like there, there are entire scenes that are the point is just that we're showing gore. It's like thirty seconds of a guy being torn apart, or, or just like even more specifically, like just after they let the zombies out, they just show the zombies eating things. That's what I, I, I liked. It felt like we descended into hell. You know, sure. like the old adage no, yeah, about like know, nobody's left to die. We're just the dead walking the earth. Yeah, just like just a lady just like eating a bit of flesh for like, like fifteen it. seconds. And yeah. that, yeah. that scene. Comp- Rises like literally thirty shots. It's a tone poem. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, yeah, Day of the Dead's my number two. Number two. Okay. Then we got uh, our final. My number two is uh, is Psycho Three. I or sorry, two. Um, <laughs> I I always thought to myself these movies don't really need sequels, uh, but I did appreciate uh, like it was it was on more than it was off for me, but it did not like always stay on it. It's various twists. I don't know if they all had the same effect or impact. Uh, so I guess that leaves pretty obviously. I'll just uh, start with my. Number one being Day of the Dead. I do not need subtlety or nuance. I think I just need, like, good, straightforward. It does not need... It, it can be a blunt instrument as long as it's, like, a pretty blunt instrument. Yeah. Uh, I like Psycho 2 the best. Although I do... I am questioning whether that was whatever the opposite of recency bias. It's like, it was the first one in the night. I was the mm-hmm. most awake. I had, I had my little snacks. Yeah. My little treats. You know, right in front of me. You were really stacked up with. Like, I was. I was and... snack. Well, I did not sneak anything into the trilon, obviously. You snacked. But if I were to, then yes, I may have hypothetically had a good time snacking you? on. Who do you think is on your ass? <laughs> John did once say he was fine with it, so just been riding that for I years spent now. I so much money on concessions that night. I bought like four bottles of coke. <laughs> and two slices of yeah, pizza. Two slices of pizza and large popcorn. And, you know, it's it's for, for the cause. Yeah, it's for the cause. <laughs> uh, number one for me was also Psycho 2. Yeah. Uh, I do think just, yeah, everything Aaron said, uh, I was the most alert, I was the most with it. But also, like, of the sequels, considering that these are all sequels, I think it probably does the most work in terms of, like, this is a sequel, what is interesting about the fact that it's a sequel? That's a great point. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's exactly why um, Psycho 2 is my number one as well. It's just because, like, if you're going to do... I didn't know about this movie very much before we started, but now that I think about it, like, if you're doing a horror-thon about movie sequels, I think that this one is right there with, like, Evil Dead 2 Mm. in terms of, like sequels specifically that you have to show because they're sequels. It's like this was a movie that was so interested in being about the legacy of Psycho and what that legacy means and what we look for when we look at like thriller and horror movies and why that might be messed up. Mm-hmm. And I also just think that like Anthony Perkins like legitimately gives a unbelievable performance. Oh, powerhouse, yeah. It's amazing. And he has that great like six foot three, 120 pound guy energy. I just fucking, you love to see. You identify with yeah, it yeah, quite yeah. clearly, yes. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, he's, he looks like Harry Dean Stanton a little bit. But, <laughs> a little bit. As a slasher. I love, I love him. Um, yeah, it's a, I really like Psycho 2 a lot, I think. So that's my number one. That's it. That's ranked. Uh, well, this has been our very special episode on Trilon Horathon 5, Son of Horathon. The next one won't be happening as soon as between 4 and 5, right? The next one's happening Halloween next year. Um, Halloween time. Yeah. We'll see what happens with glo- the global Shut situation. Yeah. How many more horror movies do you think we're going to have about COVID-19 between that now and next Halloween? Uh, every movie now is about yeah. COVID-19. Yeah. Every movie, it's kind of including like Dune? Change. Dune. Like even COVID-19. movies that aren't about climate change are about climate change. There's a lot of climate about. change. Is Dune about climate change? Dune is about some guy named Paul Dune is literally about climate change. (laughs) I I don't know anything about Dune. Hopefully by this time tomorrow I will. Uh, But thank you very much for listening to Trilove. Find us on Twitter at Trilove Podcast. Find the Trilon at Trilon Cinema. Find them at Trilon.org. Get tickets so that you don't miss next Horrorthon. Horrorthon 6 grandson of... Cousin of Horrorthon. Cousin of Horrorthon. It's spiritual successor. My name is Jason Daphnis. You can find me on Twitter at Nintendoofus. Uh, oh, no! You go. I think I, I, was, I mean, yeah. normally Cody uh, we were been going clockwise around this tape. You go. Yeah. Uh, Cody couldn't make it because he was being an athlete. Surprise! So that's why we don't have Cody's noties. He was replaced by Seth. Uh, we love to have Seth on. Thank you, Seth. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Shitaki uh, my name is Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at RB Please. You can find me on again on Xbox Live at Goku Super Saiyan sixty nine. Uh, connect with me. Uh, and I'm Seth. I think I've made it to the like also starring in the credits. Yeah. Uh, and you can find <laughs> me uh, at S.M. Zarati. Abe, do you want to? Oh, yeah. Wanna do, you want to do a Cody that quote? Were coming from beneath the table were produced by Abe, <laughs> our super dog producer. Do you want to say something, Abe? Hey. Hey. Cut it. Cut, Cut it. Abe. Cut it. No! Turn it off! Turn it off! Turn it off! <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.